What's up, beer drinkers? How y'all doing this week? Man, we got a good show for you again this week. It's our first show of the new year, and we do not disappoint. We have some great beers and some good reviews. We also have a couple of beer news stories that are kind of fun. I like them anyway. And a list of the most drunk and most sober states in the United States of America. And during our drunken shenanigans, uh, we turn our focus on to the tragedy of Damar Hamlin, the uh, um, the defensive back of the Buffalo Bills who su- suffered from cardiac arrest on the field. Um, it just happened that day. We recorded on Monday, so that's why we don't we didn't have a lot of information. And of course, a lot more has come out now that he's doing a little bit better. He's uh, you know um, slowly uh, gaining. Um, He's slowly recovering uh, day after day. And so that's a good sign. And so, yeah, we don't make fun of him or anything. It's not like we make jokes about it. But, you know, we just talk about our feelings and about uh, football in general, how dangerous of a sport it is. And when something like that happens, um, how it makes you, you know, reflect a little bit about your your own life and, and, and how some situations don't seem as dire as maybe you first thought they did. All right. So don't forget to follow us on Untapped and Instagram, search Cold Brew Podcast and friend us and we'll friend you back. But right now, it's time for another Cold Brew. Coming at your pre-recorder from Cold Brew Studios. I am Greg. He is Sorcerer Chromatic. And we're here to talk about beer. Yes, we are. Oh, man. How you doing this year, man? <laughs> Two days in, not bad. Not bad at all. Do you have a good uh, New Year's? Nice and chill? Yeah, it was chill. Almost didn't make it. Wife almost didn't make it. And by that, I mean up, up to the day. Yeah, yeah. Like, you guys were, like, kind of falling asleep or... Yeah, she was dozing off. <laughs> I was... Yeah, I was just watching uh, reruns of, uh, of of TV shows with my with my oldest daughter. Yeah, did she make it? Your oldest daughter? Yeah, she did. Oh, nice. Was she excited? Uh, she uh, yeah, she had a rough day though. She because she uh, she still needs a nap. Mm-hmm. I know it's an exciting talk for listeners, but she didn't take her nap till like she basically went to sleep like at six and got up like at eight thirty. Mm-hmm. She was good. Oh, okay. Oh, but before then, she was like. Like crying and whining and stuff like that. Oh yeah, I got five o'clock total meltdown. Yeah, no, I get it. Around one o'clock, my my daughter had her a tantrum. Is like, okay, that's it, night's over. <laughs> but she made it though. We oh. had fun. Yeah, no, but I mean, we, we probably went to bed like at twelve twenty anyway. So she was she was down to go back to sleep. Oh, do you see that? There's a video that I saw it on Reddit. <laughs> These parents, they uh, re- recorded uh, the ball dropping. And they they played it for their kids, and their their kids are like three or four, three and four. They had two kids, a boy and yeah. a girl, and they're all excited and screaming. You know, they did the countdown and everything, and then the the dad was uh, recording them on their phone, and then panned over to the mom, and the mom was holding up her phone. It said seven forty eight p.m. Jesus, <laughs> totally got him. Let him probably stay up for another 10, 15 minutes, and then got him to go down, and then they. Stood up and then they stayed up and uh, had a nice, quiet uh, New Year's by themselves. It was probably very nice. 
All right. You know what? That's that's a, a lot less traumatic than uh, dressing up for the Grinch and stealing presents in front of your kids. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> I feel bad for the kids, man. They're going to grow up thinking like the, the Grinch stole their Christmas and they probably had problems mm. <laughs> down the road. <laughs> oh, definitely. All right, man. Well, let's get to the beer, shall we? Sure. Today, I have in front of me from our good friends at Odd 13 Brewing Company in from Broomfield, Colorado. I've had them on the show before. I got this over at uh, Ground Control, my, uh, my buddy Ian's place. Uh, ground control in Litchfield Park. Uh, by Odd 13, I have their Intergalactic Juice Hunter. It's a double India Pale Ale, and it has it's a eight percent alcohol by volume, and the hops are Galaxy, Simcoe, and Amarillo. The malts are Turo and Oats, and the adjuncts are Lactose. So it's a some. It seems like it's a milkshake uh, IPA. A double milkshake IPA. And so without further ado, pop off. What do you got? Yeah, I have from our friend out of... Broomfield, Colorado. No, out of Fresno, California. I have <coughs> Tioga Sequoia's Autumn Crunch. Ooh. He's on that chocolate step. I love Tioga Sequoia. Yeah, they make good stuff. Uh... Yeah, this was a hookup from uh, from LT from the Fresno faction, and um, yeah, just I felt this was a nice uh, winter variety of uh, a hazelnut chocolate stout, mm-hmm. and to see what their offering is. So, without any further ado, pop off. Although I did bring up the vitals, I forgot to read them. Go ahead. Uh, so, from the website, our hazelnut chocolate stout is brewed using our milk stout base, as we did in copious. As we add in copious amount of hazelnut and chocolate to give it a deliciously sweet finish. This beer is super smooth and is the perfect treat to reward yourself after a long day. And it's six or sorry, it's eight ABV. It's for you. Uh back at home. Oh, just like mine. Wow. ABV clean in. <laughs> I'd like to give a shout out to uh our buddy LT. Um he's in Greece right now for the New Year's. Right. He rang in the New Year's before we did. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, for, well, not crazy. Just uh, I worked out. He was finally able to go on that. He was planning the overseas trip for a while. COVID, COVID pushed it back. So, right. uh, so, yeah. So, he's able to finally do his New Year's trip. Yeah. With his lovely wife. So, yeah. Cheers oh, to just, them. Just them two, not the kids? Yeah. Just them. Kind of cool that he and the wife uh, got to go out and try some, some of them Greek beers. Oh, I know, right? Uh, all right, so uh, back to mine. This intergalactic juice hunter, very good, very good uh, milkshake IPA. I wouldn't call it like a milkshake IPA because usually those are like kind of like sweeter and everything. Now this, there is a smoothness to it and a slight sweetness, but that could be also from the malt too. Um, and if they did add, add lactose, it's not a lot of it, and there's a lot of uh, tropicalness uh, with the hops, a lot of. Uh, like tangerine and um, citrus type flavors. Uh, the lactose adds a definite smoothness to it. And it's a actually a really good IPA. Um, I got a, I, I think I'm gonna rate this pretty high when we get to the untapped portion of the show. 
I'm already digging it. Um, we'll see how it uh, unfolds as the show goes on. So how's that uh, Tioga Sequoia treating you? Dude, this is nice and sweet. Yeah. They did this one, right? Yeah. Very uh, just dark chocolatey. You get like any of that nuttiness in there or is the hazelnut pretty pretty tame right now? You know it's there. Like it like it like it reminds me of like a cheese candy. You know what I mean? Like what like kind of cheese? This is the, <laughs> a the dark hazelnut? chocolate with Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the hazelnut cheese candy? <laughs> Did they even make hazelnut? No, I don't think so. That's why I said it. <laughs> It's usually like almond or walnut, right? Or peanuts. Yeah. No, but I get you. Yeah, so there's a lot of chocolate with the, the nuttiness in the back, on the back side. All right, so we will rate our beers later during our untapped portion of the show. Don't forget to follow us on Untapped. Search Cold Brew Podcast and friend us and we'll friend you back. But right now, it's time for the beer news. All right, only a couple stories uh, this week. One of them is uh, a story about an old issue that came up a long time ago. I just thought, I, I read it and I'm like, hey, it's kind of interesting. I kind of want to talk about it, see, see what your take is on it. Uh, it's from, it comes to us from Vine Pair, our buddies over at Vine Pair, Miss um, Ashley Hughes. The headline is, Oh Schlitz, how a historic ad campaign helped kill America's biggest beer brand. Now, throughout the first half of the 20th century, Milwaukee-based Joseph Joseph, Joseph Schlitz Brewing Company held the gold crown as America's largest brewer. Its flagship beer, Schlitz, known as the beer that made Milwaukee famous, was a beloved and iconic American-style lager. Then a series of business decisions, including a disastrous ad campaign dubbed the uh, Drink Schlitz or I'll Kill You campaign, <laughs> precipitated. <laughs> I know, right? I read that and I left too. Uh, precipitated the downfall of America's beer, <laughs> biggest beer brand. It became known as the Schlitz mistake. <laughs> Go ahead, what? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to rip up your head and Schlitz down your neck. <laughs> By the late 1950s, yeah. Schlitz lost its top uh, its top title to another quintessential American beer brand, Anheuser Busch. Although it still held its own as the nation's second largest producing brewery, its drop in ranking would be a sign of things to come. During the 1970s, in an attempt to cut production costs and keep up with growing demands. Schlitz owners decided to shorten the beer's brewing time by implementing a process called accelerated batch fermentation. They also opted to replace its malted barley with a cheaper ingredient, corn syrup, and began experimenting with the use of a silica gel to prevent haze once the beer was chilled. Soon Schlitz's slogan was most carefully brewed, uh, excuse me, Soon, Schlitz's slogan as the most carefully brewed beer in the world was no longer applicable. Sales dropped as Schlitz customers grew frustrated with the brand and started returning cases of beer. In 1976, Schlitz recalled more than 10 million cans and bottles of beer, costing the company over 1.4 million in losses in uh, 2020. That's the equivalent of $6.3 million. 
In an effort to stem its declining sales and improve its spiraling reputation, the company hired an ad agency, Leo Burnett & Company, to launch four television spots. The commercials featured actors portraying fierce Schlitz loyalists, including a fictional boxer and a lumberjack with a pet cougar. In the ads, an off-screen voice asked if they like to try a different beer than Schlitz, and the macho man responded with vaguely menacing comments, uh, such as, I'm going to play Picasso and put you on the canvas. And the ad's tagline was, if you don't have Schlitz, you don't have gusto. Excuse me, champ. Great fight. Now, we'd like to take away your Schlitz and have you endorse our beer. No. You want to take away my gusto? <laughs> Say, you tickle me. <laughs> you want to take away my Schlitz, my gusto. Well, I'm going to play Picasso. And put you on the canvas. <laughs> You're going to be down for a count so long, they're going to use a calculator. <laughs> take away my gusto. If you don't have Schlitz, you don't have gusto. Probably you don't have beer. Schlitz. It was weird. The ads were an immediate failure, leaving viewers uneasy and wondering if they had just been threatened by their favorite or formerly favorite beer brand. Ten weeks after they first aired, Schlitz pulled the commercials off the air and fired the, their admin. But the ads would achieve a lasting infamy. Their failure during such a critical time for the beer brand proved to be detrimental to its already crumbling reputation. Schlitz closed its Milwaukee brewery in 1981. It would eventually be redeveloped into an office park known as Schlitz Park, and in 1982, the company was purchased by the Stroh Brewery Company and later, in 1999, sold to the Paps Brewing Company, which produces Schlitz brand today. Although it has fallen from grace as one of America's most popular beers, Schlitz is still alive today and remains a sentimental favorite in the Midwest. <laughs> That's a pretty crazy, pretty crazy history, man, about Schlitz. I had no idea. Yeah, me neither. That's why I read it. I'm like, oh, this is pretty interesting. I kind of want to read it. And uh, don't <laughs> don't forget uh, that Cheech and Chong ad. Good evening and welcome to White World of Sports. Brought to you by Budweiser. Breakfast of Champions. Remember, when you're out of Bud, tough, tough Schlitz. All right. And the second story I had today is a callback from uh, around pa the pandemic times. Comes to us from Marketplace, uh, written by Janet Nguyen. How did the pandemic affect the Corona beer brand? Remember when the, uh, the, the pandemic first started and we did stories about people buying like all the beer except for Corona and there was like all those memes going out uh, like with stores with all the shelves empty except Corona's like still there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so this is like a follow up, you know, how did it affect it? Well, let's see here. Um, listener Stacy Higdon from Wichita asked before COVID, she basically asked like, how did, how did it affect the Corona? And here's the answer. Uh, the classic saying that all publicity is good publicity seems to have held true for Corona beer brand, which weathered a worldwide pandemic despite an unfortunate name similarity with the infectious disease that caused it. Constellation Brands, which owns the rights to sell Corona in the U.S., issued a press release at the beginning of the pandemic refuting claims that the coronavirus had a negative effect on the company. I remember we, we read that. We read that statement um, when they put it out. I did on the on the beer news um, a couple years ago. Uh, let's see here. The statement came shortly after the public 
Relations Agency, 5WRP, excuse me, 5WPR, released a survey that said 38% of beer-drinking Americans would not buy Corona under any circumstances. Now, I think at the time I might have said I was one of the 38%, but it's not because of the... Uh, because of COVID-19, I'll tell you that. Uh, the company said Corona Extra's dollar sales were actually up 5% in the U.S. for the four-week period ending in February 16, 2020. In its latest quarterly report released October 2022, Constellation says its beer business had a depletion growth of almost 9% over the previous quarter, which was driven by continued strength of Modelo Especial and Corona Extra. In the beer industry, depletion growth is the rate at which beer leaves distributors to retails, retailers. According to the financial news site Barron's, Corona Extra alone had a depletion growth of 6%. A group of researchers from the University of Kentucky, University of Wisconsin-Madison, and Ohio State University actually set out to study how consumers reacted to the beer brand after its name became inadvertently associated with the coronavirus. Using sales data from the Nielsen Company, the group examined how several beer brands, including Corona, Budweiser, Coors, Miller, and Heineken, performed between January 2017 to July 2020. As COVID cases rose, so did Corona sales, according to researchers uh, Yu King Zheng, uh, Ling Xiao Wang, Shuoli Zhao, and Wu Yang Hu. Uh, each I like, I'm going to give myself a pat on the back for pronouncing all those uh, correctly. Uh, each new positive case led to a $5.30 increase in weekly Corona beer sales compared to the other major beer brands. So there you go. It actually, it didn't help Corona, but um, Corona did not uh, lose any market share because of the coronavirus pandemic. Oh, good for you. Well, that's pretty good then. <clears throat> I mean, it, it just has, you know, you can't be blamed for uh, <laughs> for something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm sure, like, you know, did Seinfeld have a thing on that? Like, there, there were, you had a friend that had the same name as a serial killer. Oh, that's right, huh? <clears throat> uh, and then he wanted to change his name. Oh, no, no, right. it was uh, uh, Elaine was going out with him. There you go. And then she, <laughs> she, she tried to get him to change his name. I forgot the name right. came, she came up with, but or, or same thing with that uh, that that guy who was who was you know abusing or molesting kids at Penn State, Zendesky guy. Oh, that's right, Jerry. And then there was like a um, a football, like a, a college football yeah. announcer with the same name. I don't think it was college. I think it was the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I, I yeah. knew it was football. I, I thought it was college though, but it was back east. You're right. You know what though, like those those two guys, I'm trying to, I don't know, I, maybe I'm speculating, but they're they're both like older gentlemen, gentlemen like the same generation. But like if if you're like a whole generation apart, that's gotta be crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And didn't the 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 Baltimore Ravens guy? He spelled his name with a G, right? And the Penn State guy spelled his name with a J. Something like that, yeah. And so it wasn't, yeah, the exact same name. But yeah, still pronounced the same. If you don't cool. see it written, yeah. you think it's the same guy. Yeah, too close anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too close for comfort. No, yeah. no doubt. I do, I, I do have a, uh, a same name um, affiliation with the former NBA player. Oh yeah, there you go. 
Yeah, Greg Miner. He was on the Boston Celtics for a while. I got his uh, email for a while because people thought my name, or he used his name um, for his email address on Gmail, but it was it was mine. I was getting like invites to like the uh, the former NBA players who lived in uh, lived in Florida, like their association or something like that, or <laughs> their their little club down there. Yeah, little alumni guild. Yeah, the Florida NBA player alumni guild. I was getting invitations, like, yeah, it was like crazy. I was like, what's going on here? Huh. Maybe it, it was it was similar you're, to mine. But... You're on the back of a music video dancing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, who's that short white guy back there? I know I'm not white, but you know, if, if you don't know yeah. who I am, you think I'm my guy. <laughs> right. Oh man! Like, oh, he's cool. He's Cuban. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Cuban B. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh shit! All right, man. You know what time it is? Nothing I do. Time for everyone's favorite segment, all cold brew, because it's my favorite segment. It's time for the cold brew list. As we As proceed, we proceed oh. to give you what give you need. Let me ask you this. Hmm. Did your state party this year? Oh, man. I, try, I tried, man. I tried to get him to party. Uh, you know, the few times I left my uh, my <laughs> my cave. Well, I have a list of the drunkest and soberest cities in America. Ooh, all right. I'm going to guess the, the number one, the drunkest number one. I'm going to just, just because of sheer volume, I'm going to say it's it's New York. But that's just, you know, that, that's my thing. And then the soberest, I would say, would be something like Salt Lake City, Utah. So let, let's see let's see if, if I'm right or wrong. So go ahead. All right. So let's go with the most sober, and I'll start at number 10. Okay. No, sorry. The drunkest. The drunk, okay. All right. Yeah, we'll end with sober for dry January in honor of dry January. Um... Austin, Texas. They're number 10 of the most drunkest cities in the U.S. Yes. Okay. No comment. They're big on wine. Really? Huh. Uh, number nine, Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, shit. I was there, man. I I, I like to say I was uh, one of the part of the reason they made the yeah. list. Sad and unfortunate, too, is Cleveland, Ohio really has a, a, like the highest uh, drunk driving rate, too. Ooh, Which, uh, that's bad. Got to be safe. Got to be yeah. safe. I think yourself. Take your Ubers. Arm. Yeah, take your Ubers. But yeah, think you. You know, think of yourself. Think of others that could be uh, affected by poor decisions slash mm-hmm. selfishness. You can change your life in a blink of an eye. Lives yeah. in a blink of an eye. Number eight, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Ooh, Pittsburgh. Um, Who would have known? Yeah, another big brewery town. Pittsburgh has 2.3 breweries per 10,000, or sorry, 100,000 residents. That's 77% more than the average city. That's, that's a lot, yeah. The uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. They're number seven? Yeah. Number six, mm-hmm. Boston Mass. Ooh, Boston Mass. The Massholes out there. 
Number five, Providence, Rhode Island. Hey, right next to Boston, Mass. Yeah. That makes sense. Number four, Denver, Colorado. <laughs> Denver. Wasn't that your pick? No, no, no. I said New York. No. Just because just the volume of people there. But yeah, I mean, Denver, like they host the uh, Great American Beer Festival. It makes sense. A lot of breweries. Number three, Portland, Oregon. Another uh, brewery rich state. Yes. Uh, number two, Big Easy, Orleans, Louisiana. No kidding. Uh, that makes sense. A lot of people like to go down there and party. It's a party town. Number one, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, no kidding. Oh, all right. All right. I guess I was totally off. Yeah. Milwaukee. Former home of uh, Schlitz uh, Brewing. There you go. Now let's go to the soberest city. I mean, like, and, and their baseball team is called the Brewers. So, you know. Yeah. Number 10. Yes. Riverside, California. Oh, yelling Compton, but you moved to Riverside. Pretty much. I mean, Riverside's so fucking big, dude. So it is. Of, it's pretty vast. Yeah, and, and a lot of it is just uh, uh, like hills and shit. Ain't nobody living there. <laughs> Number nine. Here's a surprise: Miami, Florida. Oh no, kidding! Wow. I didn't know there was teetotalers down there. I thought that was a party city. Number eight, Indianapolis, Indianapolis, Indiana. Wow, really? Huh. Yeah. That's crazy. No idea. Number seven, Baltimore, Maryland. Huh, Baltimore, huh? Yeah. Wow. They're all about football and crab cake. <laughs> yeah, they don't like to drink. Just football and crab cake. <laughs> Number six, Phoenix, Arizona. Oh shit, yeah. Not a lot of breweries, man. Like, uh, and I've talked to it. I've talked about it with a lot of uh, beer people in the community. This place is far from saturated. We 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 can have a. Uh, there's a lot more room for growth in the beer community, and there's not a lot of distilleries. There's a few. And they're kind of growing, and there's not a lot of uh, wineries out here. Of course, hard to grow uh, grapes out here, but yeah, I could see that. Oh, and there's a lot of Mormons out here, too. There you go. Speaking of which, number five is Salt Lake City, Utah. <laughs> so that was my number one, but yeah. So, all right. You know, I th- I, someone told me, I don't know, somebody once told me no, that uh, outside of Salt Lake City, I think they said like Chandler or Gilbert in, in Arizona has the biggest uh, Mormon um, population. But I've oh, never, really? yeah, I've never verified that. But I've heard that from a couple different people. So I don't know if they got the if it's misinformation or you know, go ahead and look it up for yourself. But that's what I heard. Yeah, you know what else I heard too is uh, mm-hmm. like in they try to keep this in the wraps, but this is coming from like uh, like uh, people who like. Like reporters who follow and cover the NBA uh-huh. is um is the uh, secret after hour spots are really big in Utah. Oh, like speakeasies? Yeah, pretty much. Oh wow! But they, you know, yeah, where, yeah, they have a uh, 
have, well, yeah, alcohol is a big thing, but then they, you know, they have card games, even you know, like, you know, girls and whatnot. So it, it, it's going down over there too in this way. Hmm. Didn't you, uh, Young Jock sing about that? Pretty much. It's going down. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's in the club. It's right, Latter-day Saints. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Alfonso Ribeiro. And number three? Mm-hmm. This is kind of weird. Atlanta, Georgia. Ah, no kidding. Wow. But they have the, oh, they don't have the freak nick anymore. Maybe back in the day, it was a different story. Okay. Uh, number two, Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of uh, um, uh, religious types down there. I think for a Ooh, while. Say that. Or, or the community. And I think for a while, like some of the breweries, you couldn't sell beer from their from the brewery. You had to buy it from a distributor. Uh, they couldn't like raffle anything off, or they couldn't give anything away. I think, or there's a there's a lot of weird prohibition laws that are slowly coming down. But they were one of the last ones. I know Texas was the very last one, but uh, yeah, Alabama was uh, pretty uh, um, pretty close behind, or just right in front of them. And number one, Memphis, Tennessee. Really? Memphis, Tennessee? Yeah. Damn. I wouldn't even think that. I mean, they have that Beale Street. You could drink on the street. Damn. All right. I mean, if you say it, I, I believe you made the list, but wow. Well, that can do it. This week, this. Very nice. How's your beer treating you, man? Good, man. Tasty. Are you sipping it or are you gulping it? What, what What's going on? Like, uh, uh, you want to savor it or is it just like you can't stop drinking it? I'm sipping at a very moderate. Right on. And I know you, you've been doing the list, too, so you can really drink too much. Uh, so you have by Tayoga Sequoia, is it Autumn Crunch? Yeah, yeah, I remember this time. Autumn Crunch. There it is, hazelnut chocolate stout. Oh, we have uh, um, has 101 check-ins right now. We have one friend who um checked in on it, and it was our very friend who uh who gave it to you. So, what would you like to rate this beer at? I'm gonna give it a three seven five. Three seven five. And what notes would you like to leave on it? Um sweet, chocolatey, cloudy. Sweet, chocolatey, and stout E. Alright, has an overall rating of three point eight nine and our buddy Aztec seventy seven get a four point two five, so I mean, you and him are at odds right now. You're calling him a liar. <laughs> well, 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 like, well, how come you didn't give it a four two five? Like, what, what, what kind of kept it from that four star range? It's all subjective. I, I mean, I, yeah, I really I like know, it. Yeah. I mean, to, to me, four would be the ultimate. Like, if if there was a four, like, if there was a four beer uh, in any style, that means when I walk up to uh, you know any beer bar, that's. I'm getting. Okay. You know, that's how I treat it. 
So although this is a nice one, yeah, is it gonna like make me order it every single time? I don't think so. Okay, no, that's fair, man. That's fair. I just uh, was wondering what your what your frame of mind was on it. That's all. All right, so yeah. mine that and then yeah. I do I do buy style too. So I mean, this is a um, you know it's a chocolate style as well. I right. mean, uh, that's a big category for me. You know what I mean? Because I, I love chocolate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a, and it's a milk stout as well. So there's there's a bunch more that that are included in that that don't have to have chocolate even in it. Right. All right, so I had the um, by Odd Thirteen Brewing, the Intergalactic Juice Hunter. I liked it; it was really good. I think the the more I drank it, though, the more I noticed the lactose in it. Um, you know the that 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 creamy smoothiness, and um, yeah, it was it was kind of wearing on me. So at first, I was gonna be at like a four two five. Now I think I'm just gonna give it like a four. I think it's. Uh, 16 ounces is a bit too much like 12 ounces would have been perfect like i'm almost done with it excuse me and by the end it got a little warm and a little bit creamy and it was good it's not great though you know what i'm saying so um i'm gonna give it a four uh let's see he has a five point excuse me 5.9 thousand check-ins uh average of 4.16 uh none of our friends have rated it i'm gonna give it a four and I'm going to say it is a tropical, citric, and smooth. Save and check in. Did you see the uh, the, the Monday Night Football game tonight? Actually, I I was I was getting ready for it to start. I was kind of preoccupied. I was actually going to grab some dinner and then just finish watching the game. Uh-huh. Um Figuring it, it'd probably be a good game, hopefully close. And uh, it's kind of, I had a little bit of priorities going on to wrap up before yeah, of I... of course, uh, yeah. I get it. Yeah, so that was that was my plan. I uh, um, I was with my daughter, so, like, she doesn't want to watch football. So, you know, we're playing video games or, you know, whatever on, on our phones and stuff like that. But I kept checking, like, the uh, the game because, you know, I have fantasy football. You know, I'm, I'm in the championship game, like me and this other guy. And... Uh, he's got a bangle, and I'm like, ah, I just don't want him to score too much, right? And, and then uh, I check, and it's like seven to three, and it said delayed. I'm like, delayed? The hell does that mean? I thought, I thought maybe there was like, you know, like a power outage or a storm or you know, like a something that you know affected the game. And then I I went onto social media, and then I was like, holy shit, what? <laughs> what? Wait, what? And then like, I had to get more information about it, and so. And then turns out, um, was he a safety or cornerback? Uh, Hamlin, number three on the Bills, he he tackled uh, Higgins, and it looked like Higgins caught him under the the face mask, right? But it at the most, it didn't seem like that much that jarring of a hit, and he gets up and just collapses, and it's like, oh my god, what the? <laughs> like I've never seen that before. Now you and I. We were at that uh, um, that game in '89 where Jeff Fuller on the 49ers uh, got paralyzed um, on the on the field. You remember that game? Yeah, yeah, I remember they had to slow the game or stop the game. Yeah, yeah. stop the game and the ambulance yeah. came on the field. Yeah, but uh, it it just uh, just with all the coverage now, we were at the game. So of course, when you're at the game, you don't you don't you really can't see anything. All you see is like what's going on 
on the field, but you don't have a lot of information. Um, you know, watching it at home or whatever, and you can grab your phone and start seeing what's going on. And there's a lot more information out there, more immediate anyway, because we didn't learn about Jeff Fuller until what, like that maybe that night? Yeah. Or the next day, maybe even. So it just, uh, it's terrible, man. You know, and then they, they were, uh, of course, they were showing the, the the teammates and the opposing side, and everyone's just all distraught and everything. And just uh, it's it's a sad situation, man. You know, the the it's a violent game, and um, there are risks involved. But you 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 know, most of the time, like when there's an injury, it's like you know, the they get carted off and they hold the thumbs up, and that you know that communicates to everyone that everything's all right. But it just the, with the CPR and the and the um, and the the no communication from the guy, and and then you see the reactions. All I saw was the reactions of of the players. I didn't see the CPR. I didn't see the the uh, the medical the medical response. But it's just uh, it's terrible, man. It just makes you think like this is a um, you know this is a person. You know whatever rivalries you have and whatever uh, bickerings or you know you got going on with someone it. it it pales in comparison to the the reality of the situation that um you know this we we talked about the duis a little while ago but you know this guy his life is going to be changed forever now yeah i mean first and foremost hopefully he, he pulls through and makes a recovery but yeah just what, what could cause him like that to, to go like that on the field because like you said this 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 tackle <clears throat> although he ran up and made contact he kind of like Hugged him and went up down to the ground. It was just like a, a body on body uh, tackle. It wasn't like a, a, a sudden sharp hit or a helmet yeah, to or helmet, like a or, helmet, to helmet. Yeah. yeah, or a steering or anything like that. If I if I remember right too, I think uh, Jeff Fuller was kind of like sitting, got in a position where he was sitting down on the field, and they kind of rolled over his back, so he was kind of like forced to bend. Now it was the natural way your body bends, but just that pressure, I think, just got him. If right. if I remember right, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not trying to Google. Got fuller injuries right now. Well, I I know he he made a recovery eventually, but he never played football again. Oh yeah, like his his arm is paralyzed. Yeah. So um, again, though, the Hamlin, geez, it just it's scary too because you know he he got up and, and collapsed and the CPR and and the ambulance straight to the field and even uh, canceling the game. It just shows you the the seriousness of of. Uh, of what happened yeah and the just the, the the fact that everyone on the field would like now this is this is too much like we we gotta we we gotta we gotta go home right now <laughs> at this moment and, and you know um maybe sometime in the future we'll 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 finish the game but right now it's not the time so that, that's yeah. i mean that's what i got from them. i'm like wow it's like the the players and the coaches are like no nah, we're not we're, we're not doing this like nah dog we're, we're out of here even though the league's like, nah, keep going. Like, you know, warm up and get back out there. Yeah. I wonder, though, like, this late in the season, how they'll, they'll handle the game. Like, are they going to mm. play tomorrow? Are they going to yeah. have to do a, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how, do the, they, uh, how it's going to handle it, but uh, how they're going to handle it. Well, well, I mean, by the time the show comes out, our, our listeners, and we will know what, what happened, what they decide. I know. What if they give both teams a, a tie? You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah, maybe. 
you know the uh, um and i wonder if there's like any underlying uh it, like health issues and when when uh so i was at my daughter's house and like i brought this up and, and um her grandmother who was who had the remote put on the tv or put on abc and and they had scott van pelt out there and he was talking to ryan clark and they were talking to troy aikman and joe buck and everything they they were doing full-blown coverage on this thing and it, it brought to mind like what because i think uh um, my daughter's grandmother brought up like what, what if he had like some kind of like underlying like condition or something like that like we didn't know about and it brought to mind hank gathers remember hank gathers loyola marymount yeah and then he ended up dying he had like a heart a heart problem i'm not saying uh hamlin had a heart problem but you know what if it was uh, something underlying that was undiagnosed and the, that hit like you know you know triggered it yeah i mean it's very very possible mm-hmm it's scary man it's scary it's just it, i think it just uh, brings the whole mortality thing like you know you never know when 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 your when your time is up or when something bad's gonna happen like so you know just uh um you know be uh be present and be grateful with what you have and you know and try to try to help uh those around you and live your life to the fullest i guess i mean maybe i'm getting a little uh, preachy now but I don't know. That's the way I feel about it. Yeah, it, it's it's sad when uh, you know. Again, sports is one of the, the biggest uh, escapes people have, and and uh, you know. Oh, that's a good point. The the fact that something so unfortunate was brought in um, on, on the national stage. Not that it'd be better if it was like you know a Sunday game when other games are on. I'm just saying that mm-hmm. a lot more than average uh, markets are watching this game, right? And uh, yeah, just just uh, a downer for everyone. Yeah, the whole league's watching. Yeah, the whole league watch Monday night. <laughs> you know, all your contemporaries are are watching you, and even those who's who have gone before. And it's just it's bad, man. So yeah, hope the best for the young guy. The last I heard, he was in stable condition. Um, they were gonna put a breathing tube down his throat though, um, probably to get more yeah. oxygen to him. So. Anyway, all right. Um, anything else you'd like to add to this episode of Cold Brew? Uh, first year of the new year. Hope everyone has off to a good start. Yep, me too. And hope you're if not, uh, yeah, if not 2024, as you written on it. <laughs> yeah, hope your uh, resolution lasts all the way to next year. All right. all right, thank you for downloading yet again another cold brew podcast. I am Greg, he is Sorcerer Chromatic, and we like to wish you cheers. Until next time. Come the worst, 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 the wor